Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are responding to a question that we got via Instagram from Shayla who wanted some wanted us to steer her in the direction of an episode because she's a new listener that was about um, tiny bathrooms and we didn't have an episode about tiny bathrooms. We have talked about different elements of that but we thought hey this would be a really good episode. So what we're going to do today is talk about uh, ideas for managing in small spaces. So Shayla said I have the smallest bathroom ever there's hardly any room for anything and she wanted these ideas or some inspiration to manage this small space. So rather than just focusing on Shayla's small bathroom we thought we'd be a bit more general and give you five key tips for managing or organizing any small space that you've got in your home. Yep. So probably the bathroom actually is usually one of the more headachey rooms, isn't it, for small space and lack of storage. So we're definitely going to be using examples from bathrooms. And small kitchens is another common complaint. Um, so we'll be talking about kitchens as well but we'll probably have examples from all sorts of areas of the house. So where do we start Tara? Although we I can't claim that my current place is small it's definitely not tiny it is smaller than where we were living in our previous house where our normal home is so there's a few things I've had to modify since being here so I've got a couple of very recent examples as well that I can give and share so Let's get into it. I think first and foremost with any tiny space, wherever it is in your house or if it's your garage or your garden shed, is to get anything out of the space that doesn't absolutely have to be there. And Mm. that may differ from person to person, but I think it's critical and it's the only place to start is to remove all the stuff that is excess. So... I think what I would do when trying to decide what has to absolutely be there is think about what absolutely has to be used in that space first. I reckon that might be the first ticket item. So if you can't possibly clean your teeth anywhere other than the bathroom, then the bathroom is where you keep your toothbrush and toothpaste, for example. If you could or can do your makeup in a different room, then that might the makeup might end up being a little bit lower on the priority list. So Anything that has to be used in that room then would be at the top of the list, I reckon. I think as well is if you've got products or items that you might use in that room but could reasonably be stored elsewhere as well. So cleaning products is another one. I know a lot of people Mm. will keep the cleaning products for their bathrooms in their bathrooms, which makes sense because then when you want to clean, they're right there. But if you've got a tiny space, maybe you could put your bathroom cleaning products in your laundry or under your kitchen sink. They could be in a little basket or a bucket or some kind of caddy. So when you want to go and clean your bathroom, you just take them from one room to another. Because Mm. it's not happening like tooth brushing, teeth brushing, one of those, more than one tooth. Hopefully you've got more than one tooth and you are brushing multiple. So you are teeth brushing. 
hopefully that is happening a couple of times a day where cleaning your bathroom might happen once a week. So choose the thing that you use the most and use in that area and can't be done elsewhere. And that way um, it might help you to make some decisions around what needs to stay. Yeah. And that, like you said, you know, if it's easily portable as well, you can set it up to be not really that inconvenient. So having it, you might sort of think initially, oh, not having it in that room is going to be a pain. But if you can set up the environment, like you said, use a caddy or make it easy for you to still do the things in that room that you need to do, then it won't be a big deal moving some of the things out. And there are lots of things that we keep in rooms just because that's the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. So I one example that comes to mind for me is in the kitchen, I usually, and I hope I'm not the only person confessing to this, I have a junk drawer. I've seen your junk drawer, Beck, but it's the most organised junk drawer I've ever seen. <laughs> and Not always. Uh, quite like that good. Um, but generally it would be in a kitchen and most people I know that have a junk drawer in their house, it's, it's in the kitchen or very close to the mm. kitchen counter somewhere. And it actually doesn't have to be that way. So if you've got, you know, a a small kitchen that you're trying to manage within and fit everything in pots and pans. Absolutely. They need to be in the kitchen, but maybe your junk drawer could be in the hallway. Maybe it could be a drawer in your dresser or um, even, I don't know, in your top of your drawer of your desk or something. If you need that space for the odds and ends and batteries and spare pens and the random stuff that accumulates in junk drawers, it doesn't actually need to be in the kitchen so Mm. maybe rethinking some of those things that you've always done um, and question if it really needs to still happen that way yeah that's a really good idea because we do do that don't we we sort of go into automatic mode of oh this is where the the such and such lives and so it's just you know always going to be there and if you reassess everything with a bit of a critical eye you will find that yeah it's probably unnecessary I mine is on mine is a kitchen mine's on the other side of our kitchen so it's in the we've got a, an island that separates our kitchen and our family room and it's on the family room side uh, of that but uh, it used to be in the kitchen all the time and um, mm. I moved it so it does definitely and laundry is another place you can put a junk drawer even especially if you're sort of going for if you've got tools in there and, and stuff like that it's always handy not not far from the laundry as well speaking of the laundry that's an example of something that I've adapted since moving here is my ironing board didn't have a space in the laundry room that I've got here. There's no tall, I'm used to having a tall, thin cupboard ah. where I put mm. the laundry, put the laundry away. No, I put <laughs> the ironing board away and I put my vacuum cleaner away. I don't have a tall, thin cupboard like that in my laundry room here. So I was mm. at a bit of a loss. So my vacuum cleaner, the big one actually lives on the bottom floor in the like our coat cupboard in like a little mud room at the front of the house just because it's the only tall cupboard I've got <laughs> to put mm. it in um so I was really stuck about where to put the ironing board and to start with it was just leaning on the wall in my laundry and it was really annoying me there <laughs> and I probably only iron 
once a week or once a fortnight I would get the ironing board out so I was like I have to see this thing every day and it annoys me every day I need to find somewhere to hide it so now we've got quite a big um walk-in wardrobe or walk-in closet so now the ironing board sits behind the door which is this funny little odd shaped space where I've got nothing in our closet so Mm. now the um ironing board sits there because when I need to get it, it's just as convenient to get it from there as it is from the laundry. And I never iron on that floor anyway. I always move it down to the lounge room in front of the TV. So it's just Mm. looking at the things that are getting in the way and trying to peel off all those layers of of years where you've kept it a certain way and think, could I do this in a different manner that makes Mm. it more functional? Yeah, yeah. Mine's leaning up against the wall in my laundry. (laughs) But yeah, it doesn't think, it doesn't yeah. bother me though because I can't see it all the time and it's often left standing up anyway because, you know, I mm. iron and then I walk away from it and leave it there. But it's kind of hidden in a bit of an alcove so I, it doesn't bother me um, being out all the time. But uh, I know what you mean. It, it, would, it would annoy me if it was in my face. And it also I couldn't open the dryer door with it where oh. it was standing. So it actually wasn't even functional. No. It was... Just, it was that's even annoying. more annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so I had to move. But it's – and mm. it's funny because now that it's somewhere different, I'm like, yeah, cool. It doesn't bother me. I'm completely open to it. But had you initially suggested I keep my ironing board in my closet, I would have been like, what? <laughs> Can't do that. Think about that for so, a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's that whole idea of just getting some fresh eyes mm. with the things that you've got in the space that you're dealing with. Yeah. So then our next advice on dealing with a small space, and we've talked about this a few times because this is a strategy that we've used in other episodes, but it's all about uh, your overflow and your excess and your duplicates and moving those to a different area than what they are currently in or from the small space that they're currently in. Yeah, so bathroom items and you know kitchen and pantry items are often those things that we will buy extras or we'll buy in bulk packs or multi-packs because we know even those of us that have less clutter know that we will use them they're a uh, just for when item rather than a just in case Mm -hmm. item like toothpaste like tin tomatoes you know you'll get to them at some point so there's no harm buying a two-pack or a 12-pack or whatever it is but quite often we'll keep those where we keep the ones we're using. So I would have a tendency to keep my pack of 12 tins of tomatoes in the same drawer as the few that I might need this week. But mm. that's not convenient because I don't have that much space. And it's the same if you buy a few tubes of toothpaste or you buy some spare bars of soap or whatever it is. If you're trying to keep them in the bathroom with the ones that you're currently using, it's really easy to fill up that space quickly. Yeah. So creating an overflow really just means finding another spot in your house that is less accessible than the bathroom but still accessible enough that you can get to, well, not just bathroom but the the room that the other bits are in, and putting your duplicates there. So you would keep 
two tins of tomatoes in the pantry and then you would put the other 10 perhaps in the um, laundry, even in the garage, the basement, somewhere like that, um, or even just way up high or way down low in a cupboard that is a little bit less accessible. And then as you run out in your everyday spot, you refill from that overflow. So it becomes your your little store there waiting for you to, to purchase from when you run out of your current one. Yeah, and I quite like the idea of um, having a space like your mini shop. There's something that speaks to the child in me that used to have yeah. shops at home <laughs> when you've got extras of a few things. Um but the key is to know where they are. So if mm-hmm. it's stuff for your bathroom, maybe you keep it in a tub or a, a bin or a basket or something under your bed, something that's pretty close to your bathroom or maybe it's in your laundry. But as long as you know where that is mm-hmm. and that when you're getting low on toothpaste or yeah, moisturiser or whatever to go it is, there. <laughs> yeah, you go there first before you put it on your shopping list because yep. that's a trap that plenty of us have. Yeah, it's definitely a trap yeah so I'll give you some examples of some of my overflow storage so the toilet paper that sits in a on a toilet paper holder stand thing in the bathroom and then the rest of them are in the laundry on a shelf so there's like three that stand on the little toilet paper stand and then a few that go then the rest go in the laundry at my makeup my makeup is like that example you said, my makeup's actually in a tub underneath my bed. So it's my duplicate makeups, it's my special stuff um, that I don't use every day and my travel stuff. So anything that's not on, you know, at least a few time a, time a week use goes underneath the bed. Uh, cleaning products, the same. Um, I have a few in the bathroom or a couple in the bathroom and then the rest in the laundry. Um, what else do I have on as an overflow? And then my pantry items, I've got an overflow in our laundry, which is a big fat drawer, and that has overflow pantry items as well. And when we first started using that as an overflow, um, I we did have that accidental overpurchasing happening and forgetting that there was stuff in there and the drawer got really full. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I'd go to put something in there and be like, oh, it's full. We're actually not taking anything out of this drawer. I've just been adding to it for three weeks. And so once I figured that out, I was like, I have to remember to go into there and move things back into the pantry. So I did get better at that and now it's at a quite manageable capacity now. Uh, but those are some examples of my overflows. Yeah, mine are all pretty similar. Um, the One that I've had to establish since moving here is we only have one fridge and that sounds very much like this world problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> only one fridge. Uh, but in Australia we had uh, three, which sounds oh, excessive. Wow. One, of the, one of them was was small, like a tiny little fridge. Like a bar fridge. The, yeah. We mm. kept that in the laundry under the bench and that had um, some wine and also the dog food if we had any, like, um, dog food that needed to be kept refrigerated, that was in there because it was right next to where he was fed. But we had another full-size fridge because when we moved um, to Adelaide a few years earlier, we um, moved from our, our current house where we had quite a big fridge, like a double-door fridge, and then the house we moved into, the living area was upstairs and 
our fridge wouldn't fit up the stairs. So we had to buy a new smaller fridge and have it delivered um, and get it up the stairs. But then we were only there for a year and moved (laughs) back to our normal house. And we're like, well, now we feel like um, had we known we were only staying there for a year, we probably would have bought a second-hand fridge. But Hmm. we didn't, so we had a new fridge. So that went in the garage. But the main thing we used that for was drinks so if we bought wine or soft drink or you know it was really handy leading up to Christmas and Mm. summer you just you could whenever things are on sale you buy it buy it all and instead of keeping it warm somewhere and only put it in the fridge right before you need it it was always all in the fridge and um so here I noticed (laughs) you have to slum it and just have one (laughs) I have I have to you know, take inventory and work out what we need in the fridge. And so the rest, so I've just got like a couple of boxes of soda water or um, like my husband's beer. I'm like, you can't take up more than half a shelf with beer. There's not (laughs) enough room for that. That's your allocated space. So um, if he gets low, he has to go to the garage and get a couple of bottles of beer and put it on his shelf. Um, So, but it's about establishing that point. And then, you know, I'll say to my husband, like, obviously, if you're running out, if there's no beer left in the garage, then you've only got what's in the fridge. And same with the kids. If there's no more um, cans of soft drink down in the garage, that means we've only got what's in the fridge, so put it on the list. And it's just getting into the mentality. But um, keeping – and, I mean, it's in the garage here just because the boxes are heavy and that's where we dump them <laughs> when we get out of the car. So it's And there's space and it doesn't get in anyone's way. So um, that's where they stay until someone picks them up. But – whatever works for you I guess yeah and that's the thing you have to find a space that works for you that you know where things it's still it's not going to be in your way you know and you might not have like the the overflow that we're talking about as well is also a luxury to have that space because Mm. a lot of the time people don't even have the space for the overflow so if that's the case then we know we end up going to our next point, <laughs> which is being really ruthless about actually what comes into your house in the first place and not being able to buy things in bulk and stuff like that. Yeah, this third tip about being ruthless is key. So, you know, you really just need to keep the minimum you need to get by. If you don't have the luxury of an overflow space, and, or may, you know, if you're in a little apartment, all your spaces are tiny. So it's not a matter of getting everything out of the bathroom and filling your kitchen up with your excess bathroom <laughs> items. It's about operating this way in every space in your house. So unless you're living out in the country or a long way from um, a supermarket or a grocery store, chances are you don't even need to keep a spare. <laughs> you can... Mm. Um, you can notice when your toothpaste is getting low, put it on the list and get it. Or worst case, you can probably get to the store and back within 15 minutes and go and buy yourself one if worst came to worst and you ran out and you didn't have anything there. So I think sometimes we kind of catastrophize everything and feel like we need to stock up just in case, but quite often we don't need all that excess. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I do. I have a client I was discussing this with yesterday and he lives in a small place and he's disabled. So when we were talking about this kind of thing, he was like, but I have to keep a spare because it's not easy for me to go 
duck down mm-hmm. to the shop, you know, because he's disabled and, and mobility is an issue and it's just more it's just more of an effort for him to have to do that. So yeah, we we was sort of and we'll get to a more points later in this where you we can get a bit more creative. But yeah, he did point that out. He said, you know, it's easy for someone else to just wander down the shops and grab something. He said, not so much for me. He said, I might have to wait three days before I can get to the shop or before, you know, someone can bring something for me. So it's sort of we had to then start talking about okay so how long can you survive <laughs> without a spare yeah. of this you know and we were talking tech and cables so he was okay he's like yeah i can survive three days without you know and a, a usb cable i'll be fine <laughs> but you know there were but for other things yeah you it might be something that's a bit tricky yeah and look even going further than spares just the stuff that you own generally could you own less you know, ask yourself, when you think about, I always think about this in terms of makeup and face products and I can go traveling and survive with like a makeup bag, like a small little toiletry bag, makeup bag worth of face products and makeup for months. Mm. But when I get home, I feel the need to have to have options (laughs) And it's like, well, do I really? Like could I permanently downsize to own just a small amount? And over the years I have, I've let things run out or I've thought they're going a bit funky or I just don't like them anymore and I've let them go and I've not replaced them. And it's amazing how much less I live with. Like I used to have eye pencils in, I don't know that I've owned a blue one, but definitely black and brown and grey. Now I just own a grey eye pencil. So it's like if I'm using an eye pencil, it's grey. There's no other options. And I've survived like that for, I don't know, how old my eye pencil is, probably older than it should be, probably (laughs) older than I care to admit on this show. But I don't think I've worn a different colour eye pencil than grey for at least two years, let's put it that way. So, So I think you just need to ask yourself if you can own less, if you can get by with less and stop doubling up on things yeah and also maybe stop buying the biggest things I mean it it depends on the space you've got but when you were talking about traveling and I was thinking yeah I can get away with less when I travel as well but then I thought some of that is because I decant things into smaller containers Mm -hmm. and then I thought if we could if they just made things in smaller containers in some ways we would be it'd be better and so i think if you can also look at the products that you buy can you get ones that are in little smaller containers rather than buying the big one you might end up paying a little bit more over time but you're actually going to be saving your sanity so there might be an investment in your sanity so rather than buying the the giant bulk body moisturizer you buy the smaller one and it's sort of, you know, it fits fits a little bit easily and, and you don't necessarily have to, to squish it all in all the time. So buying the smaller bottles of hairspray or um, dry shampoo, those kinds of things in the smaller containers might help as well. And there's so many items out there now that are multi-purpose. So in yeah. terms of bathroom, I'm thinking of even something like I have this, um, little pot of pink stuff. <laughs> That's a good description. <laughs> That's very descriptive. Which, uh, which is a lip color and a cheek color. Like it's oh, called yeah. lip to cheek. So you can use it for both. So I don't own any standalone blush type products anymore. I only own ones that can double as lipsticks. 
So, mm. you know, that's an example for the bathroom. Um, one I can think of for the kitchen, which is what we've done since we got here, um, because we left all our or a lot of our little kitchen gadgety appliance things in Australia because the voltage difference. We I really missed my rice cooker when we first arrived. And I know I can cook rice on a stove, mm. but I just like the way the texture of it when it comes out of rice cooker. Again, first of all problems. So <laughs> I thought I need a rice cooker. But also I was thinking about, oh, I'm going to have to get a slow cooker at some point as well. So I did a bit of shopping around and found one that doubles up, that's multi-purpose. It's a rice cooker and a slow cooker and it's a steamer and it's, you know, Mm. 10 other things all in one. But it is the same size as my one rice cooker at home. So I think that's a very long-winded way of saying (laughs) if you're tight on space and you're in a position where you're finding new things or you're buying new things, see if you can find those multi-purpose items that can cover more than just one thing um, yeah. and then you're not having to to waste extra space. Yeah. The kitchen's a big one for that. There's, mm. you know, you have a Thermomix and beaters and a blender and a food processor and uh, what's that called, the Kenwood things or the mix masters yeah. you know there's all these different things you can have that all kind of have a lot of overlap in their functions and so if you can sort of look at things and go well i can probably economize on space by getting rid of this appliance because this other appliance does the same thing and you might have to be the first thing that my clients say when i suggest that is oh but the food processor grates better than the grating machine or the grating machine no or the grating machine grates better than the food processor so i have to keep the grating machine and the food processor but it's like well maybe you could compromise and get used to the new way um a little bit later because you'll be saving a lot of space and things will function a lot better uh you could possibly make that little sacrifice of you know maybe slightly reduced quality of something by getting an appliance that does everything I want to get one of those things as well. I've got a slow cooker at the moment. And then one of my friends was telling me I have to get a pressure cooker. She's like, I went to her house and it was, I don't know how late it was at night, but they'd had sports training and I think it was about 7.30 at night and they, she and her husband were just cooking dinner. And uh, so it was getting quite late and she's like, watch this, watch this. <laughs> and she just did this thing in the pressure cooker and it was like, you know, eight minutes or something and it was all done and ready. And I was like, ooh, I want a pressure cooker. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be very good and I'm going to wait until my slow cooker dies and then I'm going to buy one of those multifunction ones so it doesn't – I don't have any extra space taken up or unnecessary cost as well. So, yeah, as soon as my, my slow cooker dies – I'll be getting um, the multifunction one because, yeah, I'd love a a pressure cooker. Yeah, and it's funny, like you said about getting used to different ways of doing things. I realised I don't have, like, a method to grate (laughs) anything. Like, I don't have a big box grater, like a hand grater. I have a little one that Mm. I'll use for, um, like, parmesan cheese or nutmeg or dark chocolate or something Mm. like that. But I don't. I didn't bring a big one. I don't know why. And I was like, "Oh, do I even need it? They're so annoying. Those box graters. They just don't fit well. They're just awkward." Anyway, so I only last night was making tacos and was like, "Hmm, cheese for tacos. What am I? How am I doing this?" 
So I, I put it in the blender and I blended cheese and we had, <laughs> it was fine. It was like these Crumb- little cheese, cheese crumbles. crumbles. And it was, I mixed it with some blended carrot so that it looked like it was supposed to be like that, the same kind of shape <laughs> as something else. And it was fine. It worked. And I was like, you know what, that's my new personal challenge while I'm yeah. in the US is to not have to grate cheese. So, and I'm going to try not to buy grated cheese either, but we'll see how we go. I was going to bring crumbled cheese back, start a new trend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see, and this is the thing, we get stuck in our ways and we get fixated on having things a certain way. But like you said, we can do something different and we can get used to the different, like we can make new normals. And so if we're sort of saying, I have to keep this and I have to keep this because this is my normal, just make a new normal, give it a shot. And you know what? If it doesn't work, you can always change. But Mm. it's that whole idea of saving space or having a functional, healthy space that's not overly cluttered. Like you know how annoying it is when your utensil jaw gets stuck, when there's utensils Mm. that are stuck up behind it, you can't pull it out and your hands are in there and you're banging your knuckles on the cupboard and it's like, Give me strength. I can't do. I can't deal with this every day of my life. And then you go when your utensil drawer just glides open. It's like that feeling is amazing. So you have to ask yourself: Is the stress of having, you know, bang knuckles? Is it worth it for a grater? Nah, I think I can live without the grater because mm. <laughs> um, I'd rather have the relaxed, easy life with a nice sliding drawer rather than the (laughs) annoying grater stuck in there so yeah random example but it's that whole thing it's a trade-off and you go okay what is the space Mm. and the ease of living in that space worth to you Mm. yeah and you do get used to new normals it's you know you've done it before you can do it again so um and when crumbled cheese is a massive trend (laughs) you'll know it started here first cheese in the blender (laughs) <laughs> I can't imagine what my family would look at me like if they saw that. Like, you know, they were like, what have you done to the cheese? They'd probably get used to it too, but, yeah, it would be very funny in the beginning. One last point on that whole be ruthless about what you keep tip is hmm. limit the decorative items as well, at least to yeah. start with. So, you know, bathroom, for example, Plants are lovely in bathrooms, pictures on the walls, candles, that's all really nice. They all add to the comfort and feeling of the space, but they should really come secondary to making it function first. So leave all the decor out until you've got everything else in there you need. And if there is still space to bring that stuff in afterwards, great. And that applies whether it's your kitchen, your bathroom, your living room, your closet or your bedroom doesn't really matter those things that are really nice to look at are lovely to have but if they're not adding to the functionality then they need to go in last yep exactly okay so what's next our next point is about using vertical space and this is a really um, useful tip for dealing with small spaces, and that is to use all of that vertical space that's just sitting there waiting to be used. And you actually might be using it right now for some decorative things when it could be working for some functional things as well. So this is what we want to do to use our space a little bit better and find more storage um, is to use that vertical space. 
And if you go Googling or on Pinterest or any kind of, I guess, home ideas, inspirational type website, there are some phenomenal examples of use of vertical space. Think hanging baskets or floating shelves, pegboards for things. Um, you know, people use that vertical space for all sorts of amazing stuff that you wouldn't even you wouldn't even think of. Um, but it's massively underutilized in most of our homes. Yeah, hooks. Hooks are a big thing. Oh, I. Yeah. It's one of the first things when I walk into a client's into a room that's problematic. I'm looking for. I'm, I look at the walls and go, okay, where can I put a hook? Where can I put this? Where can I put that? Because there's always room on walls. Uh, you can always find room on a wall somewhere, uh, or behind a door, or somewhere like that, or on the inside of a cupboard. I remember my. I remember Mick having a minor heart attack once when he got home and I had the drill in the bathroom and I had I don't know how I got away with not wrecking it but the the vanity door is like a like a was a you know those laminated vanity doors sort mm-hmm. of yeah so it's that normal bathroom vanity door and I had opened the door and on the inside I'd put like a little miniature towel rail mm-hmm. and I needed to screw it into the um the laminate and so like I'd got the drill out and drilled holes from the back of the door through and it was nothing short of a miracle that I didn't actually poke through the front of the door (laughs) and and he's like you used the drill and I'm like yeah look isn't it great and he's like straight away he looked at the front of the door to see if I'd like poked through and I hadn't so I did get a little bit of credit for not ruining the door but I did give him a fright because um yeah so what I'd done is I you know on the inside of the vanity door where it opens up I'd put a little towel rail so that I could you know hang things over that if I needed to so um I've done the same in the kitchen underneath the sink I've got hooks and things like that um along the the sides of the 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 wall of the um under sink area which is a drawer and that's got stuff hanging on as well i'm always looking for spots to shove hooks yeah and there's some really cool things you can get out there that make your life so much easier and make help you make use of that space like the spice racks and things like that you can attach to insides of doors as well because you know spices are one of those things that if they're on a shelf there's usually 10 or 20 centimetres between the top of the spice jar and the next (laughs) shelf. You know, it's such wasted space. So they can all go um, vertically on the inside of a door possibly. And, Mm. you know, I think it's that case with a lot of cupboards, especially in kitchens and bathrooms. There's like this high internal space that's not used. So, Mm. um, you know, and you stack a lot of small things along the bottom and then you're wasting half if not more of the space inside the cupboard so if you put shelves or um, drawers and it doesn't have to be technical you can go and buy like a little set of freestanding drawers and put them inside the cupboard or you can get um, tiered or step um, storage I was thinking even you know how you get the plate stands the triangular type plate stands so that instead of stacking all your plates on a on a shelf flat they all stack above each other but on individual little tiers there's Mm. there's some cool stuff out there when you start looking yep and shelves shelves Mm. shelves shelves um shelving's great and they don't have to be thick big heavy shelves you can just do little floating wall shelves that are not very deep and and put things on them you know you can put there's also for small bathrooms there's also a really good over toilet 
stand that you can buy. And so it goes, it's behind, when you, if you imagine yourself sitting on the toilet, <laughs> the shelf goes up behind you either side of the toilet and then over the top of it. And above the, the toilet, sort of above head height, would, is, are some shelves where you could put things like towels and other bits and pieces up there as well. And that just sort of sits against the wall over the, over the toilet. So that, that's often space that is empty. And that can be used for storage as well. But you can buy the whole units that, that go around the toilet, basically. And if Shayla's got issues with a small bathroom, one thing you could do as well is if you have a bath, you can get those little bath um, caddies or trays that sit from one side of the bath to the other. And you can pop a couple of things on that. Sure, you know, a lot of spa places use them as decorative and put your glass of wine and your vase of flowers on there but you could actually put your hand cream your nail file you you know a couple of things that Mm. you use regularly um if if they need their own space the other thing is thinking about stuff you can move into your shower cavity so put a put a hanging caddy in there i know um uh friends of mine that had a tiny bathroom that husband decided to start shaving in the shower to save space so he like they attached like a little mirror in there and then he put a little um shower caddy that hung over the shower head and put his shaving gear in and then he would shave in the shower in the morning because he you know they found it hard to have his shaving mirror and all his shaving equipment on the the countertop on their vanity so um, they just relocated those things into the shower. So I guess just look at what you use and if you can use them in a different way as well. Yeah. Well, see, and also if you share a bathroom, you know, if you're sharing a bathroom and you're both trying to get ready in the morning, that's pretty hard as well. And, you know, I just, I was just thinking when you first said he shaved in the shower, my first thought was while he was showering naked, you know. But then I thought... You could even, he could even stand in the shower clothed and shave. Like, depending on where the water ran, like when he wanted to rinse his shaver, he could, depending on where the water came out, like obviously he doesn't want to be standing under the water if he's clothed. But I was just thinking as well, if you put a mirror up in the shower, someone can go and stand in the shower and do their hair and makeup while the other person's standing at the vanity. Mm-hmm. So you could do that too. Absolutely. That sounds a bit yeah. unconventional. <laughs> it just popped in my head. I thought, what if he did it clothed while someone else was trying to clean their teeth? That could still work. I've just got I've got visions of the complaints <laughs> we're going to get when men start hopping in the shower, fully clothed, suit and tie, ready for work, and <laughs> skirt themselves with water when they try. I don't know. I don't know why they would be shaving while they've got a suit and tie on, but you know, the mind boggles. Um, <laughs> The other thing is, talking about vertical space, is don't forget to go vertical on countertops too because a lot of the time, you know, we all love a nice clear countertop but occasionally we'll put down like a little bowl or, you know, some lovely little decorative piece. But think about um, tall items that could could go there as well, serve a purpose and be decorative maybe. Um, Use tall jars or caddies or canisters to store some of the stuff that you frequently use. but like we said, go function first. Yep, definitely go function first. You can always add your pretty bits later. Mm. So finally, our last point is 
probably one that we all know we should do and we don't. I'm not very good at doing this at all. Uh, but it does help once you've got everything organized to do this, but that is to actually pick up after yourself. Mm, put your stuff back in its place, mm. in its home, which hopefully through this process you have figured out where its new home is. And then once you've used it, put it back because these small places become cluttered really easily, even if it's just a handful of things that are left out and laying around. Mm. And make some rules with yourself, you know, that, you know, before you go to bed that there has there's nothing on the vanity top and so that when you get up in the morning and you're going to wash your face or clean your teeth you don't have to move stuff out of the way or whatever it's all nice and clean and it'll give you a bit of a smile in the morning so uh have it have rules around what is allowed to live on the spaces and make sure you stick to them and do whatever you need to do so that anyone that uses the space can follow the same rules. So if you need to label things where they go back, do that. Mm. Um, if you need to create some triggers so that you know when you empty something, you throw it out straight away and then go to wherever you've decided to keep the, the excess or the overflow and get its replacement and move it into position, um, you know, create those things so that everyone does them as well. Yeah. And... Keep going back and keep reassessing, keep looking critically at how you're using the space and your habits around the maintenance of it. Um, is it. Is that storage still working for you? Is it not? Are things starting to get uh, shoved in places? Does that mean you need to reassess? All that kind of stuff. So always be looking at it with a bit of a critical eye um, just to see where you can improve it or prevent it from backsliding into, into cluttered. So I think that's rounded out our five tips. And before we go, I just want to take a slight diversion, quick one, um, which is kind of related to this area and something I've wanted to bring up in a podcast but wasn't quite sure where it fitted, but I think this is a pretty good spot for it, which is about creating or reimagining the space that you're in, which we mentioned before, but to really work with the way that you personally live. Um, something that clued me onto this recently was Bridget, who is a, a listener of our show and she's a declutter coach as well. She gave an example of creating a space in her house, doing something that works really well for their family, but doesn't work so well for visitors. So it's that whole thing about challenging the norm, not just for your visitors, but also for yourself. So her example that she gave is that she keeps her cutlery in the second drawer down in the kitchen. And she said her visitors cannot cope with that very well. If someone comes to her house and they need a fork, they open the top drawer and they can't see a fork and they freak out and go, I don't understand where your cutlery is. But for her, she said that her visitors searching for cutlery is infrequent where her family uses this house all the time. So they've adapted it to work for them and their needs. And one of the issues they found is that her husband, who is a farmer, would come home at the end of the day and empty his pockets and he'd have all sorts of, you know, bits and pieces in there, you know, maybe tools or, you know, um, screws or bits of string or whatever it is. And I think Bridget was getting annoyed with them, you know, cluttering up her, her countertop. So she wanted a space that he could put this stuff. 
So they move their cutlery drawer to the second drawer and the top drawer is his, you might call it a junk drawer or his discarding Mm. drawer when he comes in for the day. Now that's unconventional for visitors or for anyone that comes to her house, but it really works for them. And so that got me thinking in relation to these tiny spaces. While you're managing your space, reinvent or reimagine what you might do in certain spaces to make it work for you. So I was thinking of Shayla and her bathroom and thought, well, maybe Shayla uses makeup wipes to take her makeup off at the end of the day. So rather than storing them in the bathroom, maybe if she always watches TV before she goes to bed, she might store her makeup wipes in the drawer of her coffee table and she takes her makeup off while she's watching TV. And that's one thing, like a tiny habit that she changes, but it just removes that extra item from being in her bathroom. Does that all mm. make sense? It makes perfect sense. I, When you mentioned the makeup wipes, I thought of something I did recently and it is to do with a tiny space but not in the house, but my car and I, I, li- I used to keep a dusting cloth in the glove box and so when I was sitting at the lights and I noticed like that the dash was a bit dusty, I would give it a bit of a wipe. And so I was doing that for a while but like, with my new car, I thought the it wasn't, I don't know, the dusting wasn't enough because my new car I wanted it extra clean. <laughs> so I was like, the dusting doesn't work. So I actually got some interior car wipes and I keep them under my seat. And so when I stop at the lights, I take out, not every time I stop at the lights clearly, but if, if everything's looking a bit grotty, I will, like, while I'm sitting at the lights, I'll take out a wipe and I'll just wipe down my dash and the bits and pieces that are around me to make it all look nice and clean again. So that lives underneath my seat in the car Mm, yeah see and it's funny because I hear that I go that's a great idea and even um I remember you telling us about your water meter and your watering can that live in your buffet with the Mm, china um which (laughs) seems unconventional but it works for you and Mm. I store the overflow of tissues and paper towel because there's no room in our laundry space or our kitchen space for that kind of stuff where I used to store it. I now store that in a drawer in the buffet in our like dining room area, which is odd, but it it doesn't really matter because it works for us and we all know where it is. So it's that whole idea of, you know, you could change habits, you could reimagine things. And if you've got a tiny space, you might need to come up with some of these creative solutions to make it work for you. Yeah. Another thing that just came to mind as well that I used to do as far as changing habits goes was actually it was the the habit that changed and then I had to move my storage to keep up with the habit but when I for when I had my first child we did nappy changes in her bedroom up on the change table we had a change table that my dad made and uh, so she would go up on there and we would do the changing and all the stuff was in it and everything and then when we had Ethan, Zoe was only about 18 months old, so she was still a toddler. And I couldn't take him into her into his room to change his nappy because that would leave her unsupervised somewhere <laughs> in the house. And so I had to change the nappy kind of where she was just to make it easier for me. And so what I did is uh, inside the coffee table, we had like a coffee table that the lid would slide um, and then mm-hmm. you could get to the inside of the coffee table. And so inside the coffee table, I put all his 
changing stuff. And so there was the wipes and the nappies and the face washes and, you know, the bits and pieces, the creams. So that all went into the coffee table. And so I just had to do it. I just had to whip open that and I could change him on the couch or on the floor. It was always usually on the floor. And that was, you know, really easy. And sometimes I would have to change both of them, you know, around the same time. And so, you know, having them in the same place um, was a lot easier. So that's what I did for that. Yeah, and I th- I think when you start critically looking at the way you operate in your house and how you can make things work for you, you can come up with some really good solutions to save on space or make things easier. I think mm. you just have to question why you do what you do and where you store things currently and if, yeah. if there might be a better option. Yeah, and that's the hardest part really is looking past our habits and because there's we do things we do so much that we do out of habit and we our brains like doing that they like economizing they don't like to have to think too hard about everything so they turn lots of things into habits so we really have to actually work hard to look at what we're doing and going okay this is done automatically is it working and can I change it and it's actually a, a, not an easy thing to do but if you practice it you can get better at it so I think we've pretty much covered it all i'll give you a quick wrap up of the five key tips that we had for managing your small spaces number one get anything out of the space that doesn't absolutely have to be there number two remove any overflow or excess to a different area number three be ruthless about what you actually keep number four use your vertical space wisely and number five always put things back in their place after every single use so if you've got something else that you have used to maximise your tiny space um, storage-wise or an idea or a habit change that you've implemented to make it work for you, we would love for you to come and share that with us. So please come and join us in our Facebook community or on Instagram and tell us about it so that we can share it with others. And we'll be back with you again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.